0: Hello, this is Saul Gonzalez, lead pastor of LifeHouse Church, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us today. I believe that through this message, God will encourage you, challenge you, and better yet, change you for the glory of God and for the purposes God has called you. Enjoy this message.
1: Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today, church? It's a beautiful day outside, right? The only thing that would make it better if it was the Super Bowl was today, but hey, we'll wait another week. So, how many have noticed that man, J- January flew by? It's the first week of February, and we already finished these awesome 21 days of purpose. How many enjoyed that time of 21 days of prayer and fasting as we <laughs> consecrated ourselves? You know, we had prayer here throughout the, the church every Monday through Thursday. And, During that time, it ignited something in our spirit that we decided to say, you know what, let's just continue this prayer night. So every Monday at 7 p.m., you are all welcome uh, to come pray and just be in the presence of God. I thank God for the men and women who are serving here who decided to say, hey, we're going to continue to pray for big things because we serve a big God, right? Therefore, we should have big faith. And we're expecting that God through this house through the people here, we're believing cancer leaves. We're believing that miracles will happen. We believe that marriages will be restored. And all that is through prayer. So we're so glad you were here. We, 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 Pastor Saul Gonzalez, he, he finished a sermon this last month of, of, of making new. How, how many of you enjoyed the sermon series that we had these last month? Amen. Right? And he talked about being made new and, and whole. And today, we, we start a brand new series across all our campuses. So Coachella, Delano, Wasco here, we're all on one accord and one mentality and one thought. And, and that is a new series. And, and the series is called Now What? Now What? Have you ever been at a situation where you're like, now what? Well, regardless of their circumstance or for those of you who, who, who enjoy Netflix, anybody enjoy Netflix? Oh, we got holy people here. There's no Netflix, nothing now, right? Some of you are like... Yeah, I guess I like it. It's okay. We we're gonna love you the way you are, and it's okay. Or you've watched a show on TV, right? Anyone ever watched a show? Yes, you have. It's okay to engage this morning. I'm not gonna tell you to stop. We can talk, but you've watched a show and you're so into it. You spent like 87 hours just watching this binge binge watching this show over and over. You're excited for the season finale. It's coming. You've waited time, and it's over. Now what, right? You're at the point where now what do I do with my life? I've dedicated all my life to Netflix and binging it. Now, I know you guys are reading your word in between that, so don't worry about it. We're good. But, but we've all come to that point where we say, now what? So if you notice in our, in our sermons here is the bumper here, which is an awesome bumper, right? Pretty cool. Uh, we, we've noticed we've crossed out the word happiness. We've crossed it out and we've added Purpose. See, see, many times us as human beings, we, we tend to think that we're going to find happiness So that's what we want to do. And by all means, we all want to be happy and it's great. But sometimes it tends to be in a selfish way. Well, I got to do what makes me happy. I, I got to do whatever is best for me, regardless of anyone else. I have to do what makes me happy. And it all revolves around us making ourselves happy. And we're all chasing that happiness. But somehow along the way, it just becomes a disappointment. Like your Netflix show, you watch it over and over and it's making you happy. But at the end of it, you're just left with, now what do I do? What am I going? You know, for example, people, none here are online. I know you guys are all holy. But of course, there's people that on the January 1st, right, they set their mentality to I'm going to do what's happy, what makes me happy. New year, new me, right? Some of us, we're, we're going to go to the gym and work out and lose some weight. There it is, there it is. Some of you guys are, are fit. Some of you, it's like, man, I have to pursue more money. I, I have to do better for my life. For others, it's, I, I need to leave my spouse because she doesn't make me happy. He doesn't make me happy. And I have to do what makes me happy. And now it's February and Things haven't accomplished. We haven't lost the weight we wanted to lose. And we're still dealing with all that, trying to figure out what's going to make us happy. And no place, no person will ever make you truly happy. We always end up disappointed. But we're all looking, or we all should be looking for our God-given purpose. And Jesus warns us and reminds us of two things. We're going to be in the book of John 10.10. And he says this. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. So we all have a purpose, even including the enemy. And his purpose is to kill and destroy us. He wants to discourage us. He wants to stop uh, pursuing God. I I heard a great quote by a pastor named Michael Todd, and he says, what the enemy can't destroy, he distracts. So maybe he can't destroy you, but he will figure out a way to distract you. That's the enemy's purpose. He wants to do those things. And he makes you think the never-ending question of, what's next in my life? What am I supposed to do? And we're going around in circles trying to find happiness. We become workaholics. We're pursuing money. We're pursuing power. We're pursuing control. But we never find a purpose that fully fulfills us. But I love that there's hope in this next verse. But Jesus says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Aren't you grateful for what God is trying to do in your life? Although the enemy, come on, give it to the Lord. Although the enemy may want to destroy you, God has a plan to prosper. And I love what the Amplified Version says. And he says, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows that is Jesus's purpose for you that is what God's purpose for you is this morning and you see Jesus responds to your question of what's next with son and daughter my plans for you are far greater than anything you can think of but you need to be allowed to be guided and I want to show you what's next he wants to show us what to believe how to belong which leads us to becoming who is called you to be and and I want you to know today that God has a plan that is far better than any plan you can think of so throughout this series we're also launching life groups how many have attended a life group Eric come on you guys can give it up it's okay we're excited for life groups we're glad that they're starting so along this next series we're going to be partnering with you and that's why we've given you handouts everybody receiving a handout can you raise your hand out really quick right in front of you for those of you who didn't for those of you who didn't want one, you can raise your hand and an usher. will go ahead and give you one uh, just to help you follow along. And, and we want to walk and do life with you. So there's, it's a fill in the blanks. And we want you to be interactive. We want you to engage in these conversations. Because we want to, at the end of the day, we want our messages, our worship time, to affect your Monday through Saturday. Because what good is it if you just come and you don't really receive it? But during the week... Maybe you can't join a life group because you're busy and things are going around. But you can have this handout here, which is pretty awesome. And then you have notes. And then there's questions. And we encourage you to to go ahead and and have a dialogue um, and and just have conversations with your family. Are you guys with me? So really quick, quick plug in. At the end of service, we do have life help groups, uh, handouts, and you can sign up for a life group. And in there, we're also going to have some hot dogs. Anybody like hot dogs? Somebody raise your hand. That's good. We do, right? So we encourage you to, to stay connected. As we begin this series, we want to be able to walk with you and do life with you. We want to answer and help. What's the next step God has for your life? And I want you to know that it starts with what you believe. Here we go. This sermon title this morning is called Stop Believing the Lies. So let us pray really quick, right there where you have bow your head. God, we just thank you for all you do in our lives. We thank you because you remained faithful, Lord. And we believe the best is yet to come. God, I pray that every word I say, Lord, may it be led by the Holy Spirit to, to touch all of our lives and help us overcome the lies we've been believing. We thank you, we love you, and all of God's people say Amen. So right away, we're going to get right into it. Your first point, you ready? If you have a pencil, there should be a pencil or a pen right in front of you, but write this down. First point is identify the lies you have believed and let them go. I know I quoted, last time I spoke, I quoted a philosopher, um, uh, Elsa, and she says, let it go, let it go. Can't hold me, right? My daughter, she loves Disney, but we have to let them go. And, and and our lives are all built on what we believe. It starts at a child age where maybe you were told you were dumb. You aren't going to amount to anything. And you've believed those lies. And somehow you're still dealing with it, trying to get out of that. But, but the, the, the lies are, are so heavy in your mind. And, and we think, but, but as time happens, we should mature. And we need to be certain that about what we truly believe. Or, or we need to have a good foundation in what I'm believing so this morning, what lies do you believe that you should eventually let go of? What are the things going on in your life that you've been told, and somehow today, this morning, you have to learn to say, I can't keep believing those lies? And then there's things that we believe and we know they're not right, but we tend to want to believe them. They have no power, yet we think, well, it'll work, right? Um, this morning, Jeffrey spoke in our Spanish service, and he talked about, you know, as human beings, and we walk and we see a ladder in front of the way, we usually tend to walk around it, right? We we don't want nothing to happen. super or a a black cat walks in front of you, and oh, that's bad. Those are things we believe that we know have no outcome. We we believe that if we pursue certain things, it's gonna end up good, even though we know it has no power, or at the end of the day, it does no good. There's this show, um, it came out, I don't know if it still comes out, but it's called Catfish. Anybody ever seen the show Catfish? Never mind, I'm preaching to the wrong crowd. You guys don't watch TV. But in this show, uh, there, there, there's usually a, a man or a woman, and they're, they're finding someone online to date, and, you know, they're texting or they're messaging, whatever they do, and they send pictures. Obviously, there's a picture of this, and somehow the guy's always buff, you know what I mean, looking good, and, and they see it, and along the, along the ways, they, they tend to say, okay, well, let's meet up, and there's always an excuse, like, oh, well, you know, I got to fly out of the country. Whatever excuse it may be, long story short, it, it never happens. So they end up hiring people and these producers come in and they end up figuring out who this real person is. Along the way, 100% of the time, the person never looks like the person they said they were. And, and although the person feels there's something wrong, like, oh, it's kind of weird. They never want to meet, but they always want to talk on the phone, but they never want to meet in person. They still, they're delusional. And they think like, no, no, it's, it's going to change. It's like, dude, you've seen the show. It's going to be the same thing over over Yet they still pursue that. They believe a lie knowing that it's not going to happen. Scripture tells us this in Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. How many have heard of something that is a lie and we knew it was, yet we chose to believe it? And we believe lies because we don't want to face the pain of knowing a person, place, or thing to be false. A lie gives us comfort for the meantime. A lie makes us feel a little better. And in simple terms, it means that the truth conflicts with your beliefs. So you will reject the truth and create an alternative truth for you. But I want to tell you that God's word calls us to pursue our God-given purpose by trusting in him. And Him alone. Proverbs 3, 5, 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. It doesn't say a quarter. It doesn't say halfways. I'll give you about 94%, 98.9. But it, with all your heart. And do not depend on your own understanding. I want you to choose to believe God knows best. And He has a great purpose for your life. Regardless of what the world said, regardless of what people have said, God's purpose for you is to have life and have an abundance. Amen. The second point, if you're writing notes and you're having it here, here it is, fill in the blank. And it says, choose to believe God, trust him with your life's purpose. Choose to believe God, trust him with your life's purpose. And the sad truth is that if we go into the beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis... We see the first lie that human beings tend to believe and want to have. So if we go back to the beginning in Genesis 2, verse 25, it says, Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. I love that they had no shame in their identity. They believed God made me this way. God has me this way. Therefore, this is what's going to be pleasing to what I am. They didn't think differently. They just thought I was made this way. Therefore, I'm going to continue this way. But Satan appears in the form of a serpent, and he begins to have a dialogue with Eve. He begins to talk to her. And we're in Genesis 3, <clears throat> verse 1. It says, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat from the fruit of the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat or even touch of it. If you do, you will die. Verse four, you won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you see, as, soon as you soon eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Verse six, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful, and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. The tempter says, if you eat this fruit, you will be like God. They believed it. The temptation took over God's role in their lives and the essence of false self and the false self the false self is a self that in some ways is playing the role of God. In other words, well, I know what to do. I'm just going to do what I got to do, right? New year, new me. What am I going to do in my life? And we tend to play the role of God by creating a form of uniqueness when God has already made you wonderfully and unique. There's a quote. I don't think I gave up to them, but it's a quote by David G. Benner. Listen to this. He says, He says, There are many false ways of achieving uniqueness. These are all results of attempts to create a self rather than receive the gift of myself in Christ. But the uniqueness that comes from being our true self is not a uniqueness of discovery. The uniqueness of our own making is never simply a creation. It is always a discovery. True identity is always a gift of God. The gift of being yourself. When we choose to believe Satan's lies, we start to become someone that you were really never meant to be. When you start to believe the lies of the enemy, you start to become a certain person that you were never, never created to be. So let's continue in verse 8 in Genesis. It says, When the cool evening breeze were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man and said, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. And this is what God tells him. Who told you you were naked? The Lord God asked, Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? Verse 12, the man replied, It was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit and I ate it. We're not going to discuss whose fault it is. <laughs> not at all. We're, we're, so, we're, we're beyond that. But you notice when you start to believe the lies... You tend to become someone you're not. Amen. You, you tend to start blaming others. It's not me. It was the woman. The woman you gave me. When in reality, we're, we're believing these lies. Therefore, we're blaming others. But I want to remind you that God is offering you security and a purpose for your life. And by now, I hope you see that it's destructive. And when we believe these lies of the enemy. However, what is beautiful is that Jesus, in Jesus... There is hope, there is a grace, there is love. Yes, there is joy and abundance for your life no matter where you're at. My third point, write this down, is believe God's word and cling to it. Come on, yes, amen. Believe God's word, cling to it, and become who God is calling you to become. Jesus gives an amazing parable in the book of Luke. And we're going to read it in a little bit. But but he talks about, you know, one day there was a a, a farmer and he's spreading out seeds all around his field to obviously, hopefully produce a good crop. A farmer went out to plant seeds and he scattered across the field. Some seeds fell on the footpath where it stopped. And the birds ate it. Other seeds fell among the rocks and it began to grow. But the plant soon wilted and died for the lack of moisture. Other seeds fell among the thorns. It grew up with it and it choked out the tender plants. So other seeds fell on fertile soil. The seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as it had been planted. When he said that, he says this, anyone with ears to hear should listen. Anyone with ears to hear should listen. Luke 8, and we're going to go to jump to verse 11. It says, this is the meaning of the the parable. The seed is God's word. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent it from believing and being saved. Some of us come on Sunday, we hear a message, but we don't let it take root in our life. We don't. We choose not to accept salvation that's been given to us. And that's okay. We're all on different paths, and we encourage you to be saved. But you've been coming Sunday after Sunday because someone invites you, or you're here because you've been forced, and you're hearing it, but you're not being saved. And that is a, a way of, of seed being in your life. Verse 13 says, The seeds that on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy, but since they do not have deep roots, they believe for a while, and they fall away when they face temptation. We, we come to church, we hear the word, yes, amen, awesome. Tuesday comes, we find ourselves in a difficult dis- dis- situation, and we tend to just run away from it. It says, I can't continue. Verse 14, the seed that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of life So they never grow into maturity. We come on Sunday. We enjoy the message. We get home on Monday. And then we get busy with life. We we get busy with work. We got to grind. We got to hustle. We got to do more. Or things get hard and we say, I'm done. I I don't want to come no more. This isn't, we, we expect it to just happen overnight. Has anybody heard of a plant that grows overnight? You know what I mean? It doesn't happen. It takes time. It has to be rooted. It has to grow. It has to be watered. There has to be a development. In other words, you should join a life group. And do life with people. Get connected. Get plugged in. Allow this maturity to grow. Verse 14 says, The seed that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded. Wrong one. Verse 15 and the seeds fell on good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word. Here it is. Cling to it and patiently produce a huge harvest. And, and I know we're all in different seasons, different walks in life, but all of us some way somehow you fall into one of those categories. I'm not saying look at you better than others. No at all, but but reevaluate your life. Reevaluate, examine yourself and say where am I at today, God? What kind of soil am I producing? Am I allowing things to just go ahead and have me quit right away or can I produce a maturity? Can I get rooted? Can I dive in more into your word? Can I hear more of what you have to say? Some of you were saying, man, I'm so broken, Saul. I don't know if I'll be able to be used if you only knew the things I've gone through. If he only knew how many mistakes and how many failures I've done I I don't know if it'll ever work on me I I believe it can happen to my friend I believe it but I don't know if it can happen to me because of all the brokenness of all the mistakes I have I want to read you guys a story we read and, and I want you to use your imagination I want you to really get creative and just picture it if you can There once lived a water carrier. He used two large pots for his task. He suspended a pole across his neck and attached pots at each side of the pole. One of the pots had a big crack in it while the other pot was perfect. The perfect pot always delivered a full portion of water from the stream to the master's house. While the pot arrived only half full each day, for two years, this water carrier made the same journey every day. The perfect pot became proud of its accomplishments. The cracked pot was ashamed of its imperfections the miserable, and it was only able to accomplish half of what it had been made able, or what it was created to do. Finally, one day by the stream, the cracked pot spoke to his owner about his bitter failures. He said, I'm ashamed of myself and I want to apologize that I have only been able to deliver half my water to your house. The crack in the side was, was caused to, to leak out. I have a crack in this pot so, so I tend to leak out all the water and because of my flaws, you don't get the full value of my efforts. Then the water carrier replied smiling. As we return to the master's house, I want you to notice the beautiful flowers along the path. On that trip to the stream, the cracked pot looked around. Did you notice that there are flowers only on your side of the path? But not on the other pot side, the water carrier commanded. That's because I have always known about your flaws and I took advantage of it. I planted seeds on that side of the path and every day while you've passed by, been able to water those plants now for two years I have been able to pick those beautiful flowers and to decorate my master's house without you being just the way you are I would not have been able to make my father's house my master's house as beautiful as it has been and this is the way that God works he takes our brokenness and says I know the way I made you I know what I have for your life and and I've made you that way and I will continue to water and make flowers out of our mistakes and messes. Aren't you glad that God will work with your brokenness? We are all broken but we are not worthless. Come on, I want that to stick in your head. We are all broken but we are not worthless. You are beautifully broken. My fourth and final point find your purpose through your brokenness you were beautifully broken find your purpose through your brokenness because you were beautifully broken whatever situation you've gone through whatever trials and tribulations you faced I want to remind you God is walking with you and he can use that for your glory but why it's not fair why did I have to go through that Why did I have to deal with this? Could you use that and say, man, maybe there's someone who feels just like I have, but is at the verge of quitting for sure. And through your brokenness, you're able to walk alongside that person and say, hey, man, it's not done. There's hope on the other side. And I believe God wants to continue to do something in you. Now what, is the question. I want you to be brave. In your notes, you can do this right now, you can do this at home. I I want you to write down the lies you have believed. And I want you to begin to pray for freedom. Believe that these lies I am writing down, although people have told me them, although they've been true to some extent, I'm believing that God will set me free from what I am going through. We challenge you to do that. As you're, you're at home, if you choose to choose a life group, you be able to be open and transparent. We should be a hot church, honest, open, and transparent and say, hey, I do have these flaws, but I believe that I am brutally, beautifully broken. My second point is, or the, the second action is join a life group today. Share your story and share it with others. Life is better when we do it in community. It is so much better. Life shouldn't be done in rows, as you guys are all sitting in rows. It should be done in circles, with other people around you. We have a video for you about life groups. Why don't you pay a little attention as we show this video.
2: During the time my dad was passing, Um, He got diagnosed in a very short amount of time. We learned that he only had two weeks left once he got here. And so the whole time, you know, we're kind of just going through the motions of what we need to do. I was afraid. A lot of the time I was just thinking, how am I gonna get my mom through this? For me, I've always kind of had my own relationship with God, but I never had that kind of community I could go to. I never really had um, those people I could talk to about certain things. And I think because I didn't have that, I wasn't seeking a closer relationship with God because I really had that feeling of, well, if I open this door, I don't know if I can handle it on my own. We heard about life groups just being at church, and it was a part of the announcements. My first thought was "Mm, I'm kind of introverted. Um, I don't know if I would do well around a lot of people. That sounds kind of personal. It sounds kind of intrusive. I had heard of Carmen's discipleship class And I was just kind of entertaining the idea. I told my mom about it, not really thinking that she was gonna be like, oh yeah, let's go, you know? And so I told her and the day of, honestly, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna go because I thought, well, I'm gonna go by myself. Like, uh, I don't really want to, you know? Um, And so my mom was like, oh, you said that class was today, right? Like, are you going? Let's go. And I was like, okay, I guess we're going. So we show up. And from that one class she referred us to Margie's healing from damaged emotions class. And even though I wasn't it wasn't a grieving class, I still gained so much freedom from it that took that darkness away from me. But I think the beauty in that was that I was so filled with fear of how am I going to get my mom through this? And in reality, what he was telling me was, you don't have to. If you could just get there, there's other women in that room who've already gone through what she's gone through or they're going through what she's going through. And even though we both lost the same person, the way I interpret that loss as a daughter and the way she interprets that loss as a wife is completely different. And so it totally took the pressure off of me. Little by little, you know, I could just really feel just like the light around me, the air around me, everything was getting clearer and brighter. Um, life didn't feel so heavy. Life didn't feel so so dark and confusing or fearful or anything anymore. I start looking at all of the things that God has freed me from and just this, this simple walk of going to a life group and showing up and participating. And it was like, if I knew if I only knew before that all I had to do was this, and that's what would that's what would break the chains, that's what would lift the heaviness. I would have done this so long ago. And during that time because I felt such a strong presence because I felt such a peace and I knew it was him. In my own mind, I never said it out loud. I was like in my own mind, I was like, "Lord, thank you. And for this, I will serve you." The rest every day of the rest of my life. And God really just made that way to where all of a sudden I was auditioning and then now I'm singing on the praise and worship team. That was such a huge blessing that God gave me to be able to be a part of the praise and worship team and not only sing to my father, but to my father. And it was, it was the most special thing. Life Groups is really that place where you just, if you could just show up, if you could just get there, you'll be allowing God to shine a light in the dark places of your life through other people. And when you hear other people's stories, you're gonna realize you're not alone. You're not alone and and, um, you don't have to walk through the darkness by yourself. He has all of these all of these these light workers all of these these beautiful lights all of these people that are here willing to help you and light up any part of your life any area of your life that has darkness. I I see this all the time and I still say I don't know if I heard it from somewhere but it stays in my mind. You'll find yourself in rooms you didn't expect to be in receiving a word that you didn't expect to receive by someone who didn't expect to give it. You know how they say, go expecting, be open to receive, because even if this person thinks they're just talking about their life and it's not really that important, it has the power to transform somebody else's.
1: Desiree is just one of the many stories happening here at LifeHouse. We want to encourage you. the next step. we all say it's our feelings. I really believe God is tugging at some of your hearts and he's telling you to make that step. Stop allowing the lies to say, hey, you'll do it next week, you'll do it tomorrow and decide to say today I choose to move forward in that. With every eye closed at this moment, can we all bow our heads and close our eyes? If you feel like God's tugging at your heart today and saying, you know what? I need to change my life today. If that is you and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior and you say, today it changes. Today I choose to believe in what God has and and I want to make that decision. Why don't you lift your hands if that is you today, this morning, we'd love to pray for you. Thank you, we see you. I'll repeat this prayer. Say, God, today I choose to live for you. Let my old self be gone and the new self come to life. I give you my life and from this day forward, I choose to believe you. Come on, if that was you and you made that decision for your life, can we give it up for those people? We're so glad you made the greatest decision of your life today and there is a party in heaven because of your decision today. Second is, if you say, you know what, I am saved and I have been coming for some time, but today I really need to just overcome the next hurdle. And say, I want to get connected. I want to be a story as God has done, like he did in Desiree's life you say you know what today I choose to move forward and grow in my walk with Jesus not that you're just going to completely you know be preaching tomorrow but but can you accept and say God can you begin to work in my life today whether it be one small step but can you begin to work in my life if you decide to say today I want to get more involved today I just want to change in my life for the better can you lift your hands and we're going to pray with you as well God we just thank you for all you're doing And for all you will continue to do, God. I pray over these people, Lord. I pray over your child and your daughter and and, and son. and, And I pray that you bless them, God. May you use their life in a powerful and amazing way, God. May your Holy Spirit work in our lives daily. May we have the courage to move forward. May we have the courage to say, God, you can use me. If you can use anyone, won't you use me today?
0: Thank you so very much for joining us today on the LifeHouse podcast. I pray and hope this message has encouraged, inspired, and challenged you to grow closer to God. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at LifeHouse, visit our website at lifehousechurch.com. That's lifehousechurch.com for more information or consider subscribing and share it with one of your friends and family. Thank you again for being part of our journey, your journey, that will lead you to know God better, grow together, and go serve and make a difference. Thank you again. God bless you. See you next time.